very much. I tell you, I, I've been looking forward to this so much, you know, because God, God is good. I'm sorry, y'all can sit down. Sorry about that. God, God is good to me. And uh, so when I was talking to Brandon, he's, you know, I said, can I talk about gratitude? And I said, because, you know, I had just so much to be grateful for. And he said, you got 10 minutes? And I said, well, okay. And I look at the clock, and I told him, I said, if I go over, please let me know, because, you know, I, I, I don't... I, I don't know how people can say, I have nothing to be grateful for. I, I really don't. I, I'm just grateful every day. And, and it just, uh, so I'm going to start off with, and believe me, I'm not going to read the whole Bible. And I, and I just got a little thing to keep me going board, on board. But I got a, one, one of my favorite verses is in Psalms. Always. Real quick. Okay, this is Psalms 139, 1 through 12. And it's called the inescapable God. Oh God, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me, me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is, is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your, your spirit? Or, or where can I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you are there. If I, if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I, take the, if I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. And that, that just says, says to me that, you know, God is with us always, always, always. And, and even at the darkest times, you know, God is right there. So that was, again, okay, but to turn it off. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, I was, I was born in the South, and, uh, and I was in, in the 50s there. And uh, back then, especially being black, and I know this is not about a victim thing at all, not at all, but we were in, in, into poverty. And it was one of those things where a lot, of, a lot of the people around you were kind of poor also, so you didn't really know how, you know, how things were. But that we always, we, always, we always had food to eat. We never went, never went to, we always had a roof over our head and food, food to eat, so we always felt like we had enough. And that was, that was a, a real, real us. My mother... She was, I really enjoyed the band here, and I was telling them how, I, you know, I've been fortunate to have, be around music my whole life. My, uh, matter of fact, now my wife, is, she plays the piano. My uh, daughter plays the piano very well, the violin. And, but my mother, uh, she, she was uh, part of a band, uh, a mountain band, and this was, she was, they were ab definitely mountain folk, which means they were way back in the mountains. And, um, but, and it's almost like a stereotype, but, you know, they, my grandfather, fiddle. My mother played the uh, guitar and she sang. And I had another uh, uncle that played the uh, banjo and another one played the guitar. Just, you know, they, and it sounded like they were pretty, pretty popular at the time. And, uh, and they played, played a lot, but again, I was very young at the time. But then my mother developed a tumor on her brain. And uh, back then, her survival rate for people with a tumor was very, very low. And so, you know, they told her, they told her that, that, you know, she may not survive this. Well, she, and she told us that she prayed to God, you know, before the surgery and said, God, if you um, will, you know, bring me through the surgery, then I will dedicate my life to you 
he did and she did. I, it's like there was never a day in my life that, that she, she wasn't praising God, acknowledging God, you know, for all that he had done for her. And, and she always, every day was, you know, saying, saying hymns, like saying continually almost. And then she was always praising God. And, and, and even though she came from the surgery with, um, kind of a paralysis, it's like to me and my sisters, we, uh, you ne- we never noticed it. I mean, even to this day, or she's having to be passed away now, but to this day, you know, it affected one side, and I, I cannot tell you which side it was because when she, when she had to cook, she cooked. When she had to eat, I mean, you know, feed the animals, she fed the animals. She, whatever she had to do, she did. She sold, she cooked, and, you know, she, she, back then she, made, she would make, uh, you know, ice cream from cream. Of course, we had a cow had, and had gave, you know, and she um, made these ice cream sandwiches. My cousins loved that, and it was just, so she would always do, because she always had faith in God, and she saw that God would see her through that, and, and he did. And, and, but, as, but as far as playing, you know, my uncles would always come by, and they, they'd have a little, all, their band, all their instruments, and they would want her to play, and she would say, no, I'm, I'm only singing, you know, hymns. And, and so that's what, you know, that's all she did, and she was faithful to that. And she, she, she lived to be 80, 83 years old, and I, I've always, always said I wish I could have been as, as, as good of a son as she was a mother to me. But I, I was so grateful to have had her in my life. My, my father, he was, um, you know, he, he uh, growing, growing up in the South, in this segre- in that segre- segregated life, you know, I had, I had the, I saw and experienced, you know, the, um, indignities of, of, of that portrayed, you know, going through on him. And it, and it, it, it hurt because he couldn't retaliate back. And so he was, he became an alcoholic. And a lot of times, you know, he, he would uh, bring out his anger with internal, if he, me, you know, it's always kind of putting me down, and it just, and that that always hurt a lot. But my mother was always there to, you know, lift me up and let me know that it's going to be okay, and that that God God would make a way. That was, but one thing good about my father, he um, he never left us. He always he always provided for us. Again, we always had a roof over our head, and so that was that was very good. We um, when I when I started school again, it was segregated. You know, this back before the days of integration, so. But that's the way the way it was. So we, you know, went to I went to an all uh, all black school, and then they integrated. But when they integrated, wow! It was like uh, it was like going to a just another universe, another world. You know, it just everything was so different. And, and they only filtered a few blacks into the class. So I was like the only black in my class. And boy, I mean, I really felt like uh, the other kids made me feel like I was a leper. You know, I mean, they're just like. It was it was really kind of hard there, but you know, again, my mother prayed and I prayed. And do you know, in that same class, over time, I became president of that class. Yeah, you know, that was that was that was that was amazing. And uh, you know, and and so, but yeah, so God, God, always, he's always always provided. And uh, I had a chance to um, my my father worked at this um, private school, and it was uh, like a uh, secondary private school, so. For high school, so anyway, I had a scholarship to go there, and and like I said, it was uh, again we didn't have. Matter of fact, when they told my father that they wanted me to to go there, um, he said, "Well, now if you, if this is some kind of trick where you want to make, at some point make me pay for it, he's got to come out because there's no way I can afford this here." And they said, "No, no, we're going to pay pay for everything," and and it was it was such a blessing. I really really enjoyed it, and and uh, and. And again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not, I don't want to go one way or the other. But I, I became, you know, captain of the football team, captain of the wrestling team, 
captain of the track team. And that's no, that's no exaggeration. That's no lie. And, 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 uh, but I, I was, you know, grateful, very, very grateful uh, for that, you know. And, uh, and well, anyway, I could back up a little bit there. In, in elementary school, you know, when I first started school, I never forget this. Uh, the first day, again, this is schools were segregated, and the teacher said, "Kids, you are starting your life off now. So think big. Don't don't think small. Think about big, some big things that you want to do with your life. You know, you can become doctors and lawyers and teachers and principals, and you know, and this thing. But then she said, I mean, so it's just like she just opened up the world for us. But then she said, but don't say you want to become president because." That can't happen. That, that's, that's like, that's almost like, I think she might have said that's against the law. So it was like all of a sudden she just closed the door because it, it was it, being a president for a black person being president. It was like, it was impossible. And so, so to go from that reality, that was a reality to, oh, and I'm not, I'm not uh, touting Obama at all, but anyway, but from that reality to Obama being president, that's like a paradigm shift. You know, it's like, holy smoke, grateful. And again, I'm not saying Obama was the greatest president in the world. No, but I am saying that reality is just amazing in my life, lifetime. So I was just grateful for that. And I, I, when I, but anyway, so up again, when I went to, I'm, I'm going to hurry up here. So I went to, uh, went off, went to college, and uh, I'd had a, um, an, an, an accident in, uh, in high school, an injury, I should say, that, that they told me that I, I couldn't, um, that, that I probably couldn't couldn't play football. I had, I had a football scholarship, but they said, "No, you you know, you get another injury like that, and it's going to just you, you're going to be really messed up." But they told me I could keep my scholarship. But you know, that was for the first time in my life. For the first time, being told I couldn't do anything athletic was just devastating. It just bottomed me out, you know. And uh, and I was just like, God, I, I I don't know how to deal with this here. And uh, so then this I and. Um, there was a game called lacrosse. I never played lacrosse in my life. And they, this, the, the coach came up to me and he said, um, would you like to be on our, on our lacrosse team? And I told him, I said, well, I've never played lacrosse. I've seen it, but I've never played it. He said, that's okay. I want you on my lacrosse team. I said, well, all right. He said, well, we've got a game coming up this week. And I said, again, I said, well, I, okay, but I've never played. Perfect, perfect. I'm like, what's going on here? So. I don't, I swear this is a true story, and I don't know if they still do it or not. I, they might, they probably changed it, I would think, for the whole country after, after this thing. But anyway, he said, what you, what you do at the start of the game, you'll have two guys, and I don't even know the name of these positions, right? You have two guys in the middle of the field with the ball between their nets, right? And on the side, on the corners, uh, they would have me and another guy stand, and the coach said, I'm sorry, me and another guy stand on the, on the side. And he said, when they blow the whistle, your job is to run and knock this other guy on his butt so our guy can get the ball and then run off the field and another guy can come on the field. You know, so that's all he, that's all he needed me. I was just like, you know, so that's what I... <laughs> so that, that, was, that was my lacrosse experience. But I, I did that, you know, you know, hey, I played... I got a letter in that too, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they still do it. I, you know, but they may have. To, I would that was have to call a time or something to replace players. But back then, you did not have to. You could just walk in, go in, and go off. And I thought that was kind of. But I was grateful. Grateful the experience to be able to. Um, am I up now? Okay. So, so I, I'm glad. I was grateful that the ability 
to do something athletic and, um, and experience that. So, and it's real quick here. So then, you know, um, this town was, well, where the school was at is Lexington, Virginia. And that's where I had, you know, and we knew this guy and uh, I met this guy. He was very eccentric kind of guy. And, uh, but he was just, to be honest with you, in the movie, um, that, uh, shoot, the guy with the ring, you know, he always said precious, precious was, was, yeah. And who was the guy who always, he, hmm? Gollum, yeah, Gollum. This, this friend looked just like Gollum. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just, he looked just like him, but he was, but he was funny, but he was, he was a, he was a pleasant guy. But anyway, so one day he's like, Ben, I met this guy. Cause as a matter of fact, he was like a, like a, anyway, he was, it wasn't really an artist, but he was, he, anyway, but he, 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 um, when I think of the word, what I'm trying to say, I'll come up with. But anyway, uh, so he said, I met, I know this girl. She's a friend of, of a friend of mine, and she is just plain beautiful and gorgeous, and she has the most beautiful teeth. He was always fascinated by her teeth. And he said, you have got to meet her. And I, I happen to have her number. So I said, really? So I, I gave her a call, and I was, you know, and I'm really trying to put on the dog. I didn't know who she was or nothing. And I was like, you know, I just heard about you, and I'd and I really like to meet you. And I'll take you to this restaurant. I'll buy you this, that, and the other. And she was like, well, you know, let's, I, listen, um. I really don't know who don't know you. I, I, you know, I, of course we had we there was a person that we both knew together. He said, but I tell you what, I'll meet you at this restaurant. That just mean I'll pay for myself and you pay for yourself. And if I don't like what's going down, guess what? I'm out of here. So, <laughs> so I said that, that's fine. So anyway, so she was she was already standing there when I came up, and and I walked up to her and I said, you must be Rose. Rose and she looked at me and said, so I must be Rose, huh? And I said, then she said, Yeah, I'm I'm Rose. And we had a great, great time and stuff, you know. And um and and but that was that was I'm grateful. And like I said, we 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 got married and then uh a year later, we didn't we didn't we dated for a year as a matter of fact. But anyway, we uh we we I got a job. I mean, this is a real long story, so I can't even go there. But anyway, we uh her job moved her to South Carolina. I got in with a company called um that in South Carolina that um, did contract work at nuclear power plants and they needed somebody to Minnesota. And I said, Rose, guess what? We're going to Minnesota in the wintertime. <laughs> like, we got caught up in a Minnesota blizzard. I mean, in Iowa, we got stuck there. The temperature was 19 below the windshield, 92 below zero. If that's a lie, that's what the weatherman said. It was just, it was un, 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 unbelievable. But, you know, so we, and, and, but I, uh, you know, one thing about uh, coming up here, you know, it again, uh, this, in the early 80s there, early, early, matter of fact, 1980, 81, whatever. So it wasn't too many blacks up here. And so even though they never always had this thing, Minnesota nice, but that's the means really the service. Everybody's nice to you. But don't, don't expect to do Thanksgiving or Christmas. going to be, uh, you know, that divide there. So, but I found out that people like to drink up here. And so, so you know, they would they would go to um, bar, local bars. Matter of fact, real quick story, real quick story. I'm sorry, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Real, real quick story. So the, uh, again, it was a winter, it was a blizzard, and and they made an announcement. They said for all non-essential workers to go home, could go home, and all people were saying, everybody was saying, I'm going to the zoo, I'm going to the zoo, and I'm like, what kind of crazy? I'm saying to myself, what kind of crazy people up here want to go to a zoo in the middle of a blizzard? Well, of course, there, there's. The zoo was the, the local bar in town, but I, I, I didn't know that. I thought, I thought they just wanted to see some monkey freeze his butt off, you know. But, uh, but, 
you know, but uh, but and and people when 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 they when they're drinking, you know, all those barriers go down, and all of a sudden you're just like one of the one of the family, you know. So I I, uh, I really enjoyed that. My wife was at home, of course. It was bad, terrible on her. And of course, of course, at first I was just going on Friday nights, and then that just kind of escalated till I did become an alcoholic there. And lucky to say that was I've been sober for over 27 years now. <laughs> praise God. And I, I absolutely, absolutely praise, praise God for that. And, um, and this last thing, I, and I promise, I promise I go, this is it. This is it. I've taken too long. But anyway, so, you know, even, even though my, my mother, like I said, she always praised God and she always, you know, always made sure that she just, she talked to God, talked to us about God all the time. She made sure we went to church, Sunday school, Bible, uh, Bible camp, you know, but like, just like going to school, I didn't have a say about going to church. I didn't have a say about going to Bible camp. I didn't have a say about, that was just something that you're going, you know, and, and I enjoyed it, you know, but I, and they said, come up front and I come up front. I just did what, you know, what they said. When I became an, when I became an alcoholic and my life did go down and I, my last drunk, they say, if you remember your last drunk, it, it might not be your last drunk. Well, anyway, on my last drunk, I, I was not planning on being drunk that time. You know, that really wasn't, I had, Going to the bar like I always go, and I said, and I said, but I said, I'm gonna just say, yeah, right then. I said, no, no, I'm just gonna have one. I'm going to, I was like, man, that was too good. I gotta have one more. Okay, just one more. And of course, I closed the bar down that night. The next morning, two things. I hope you heard that. I said, God, I don't know if you're real or not, but. One thing I do know, if you are not real, then it's over for me because I'm an alcoholic. It's ruining my family. It's going to ruin my marriage. It's killing me. Everything I see as reality and, and existence is it's going to go away now. I mean, it's, it's edge and it's going to be over. But if you are real, if you are real, then you can save me. You can, we can break this addiction of alcohol. You can give me a chance to live again. And he did. How do I know he did? Because he just gave me that peace. And I, I was telling Rose, and I said, Rose, you know, I was talking, I'm praying to God about this. And, and I, I think I want to go to AA, night. She, AA tonight. And she said, yeah. And I went and, and it, it was transformative because I, I heard what I need to hear. And like I said, praise God, I've been sober 20, over 27 years and I'm just grateful. And so anyway, I'll leave with that. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>